Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Inclusive Class Podcast. Through interviews and discussions, it's our goal to explore the promise and practice of inclusive education. I'm Nicole Erdix and I'm one of your hosts for the show. I'm a parent, inclusion teacher, and creator of the online resource, theinclusiveclass.com. And joining me here on the Inclusive Class this morning is my co-host, Terry Morrow. Hi, Terry. Good morning, Nicole, and welcome to all our listeners. I am Terry Morrow. I'm the author of 50 Ways to Support Your Child's Special Education, and I write about special needs for about.com at specialchildren.about.com. I'd like to mention to anybody out there listening to us live that we are not taking phone calls. I had intended to open the chat room, but it does not seem to like my flash setup on my new computer, so it may or may not open up at some time, <laughs> but nobody ever goes in there anyway, so no big loss. Um <laughs> I've been spending most of this, or actually most of yesterday, putting together a calendar for for uh, next year. I'm I'm in denial that next year is so very close. It's coming up. <laughs> it is coming up with just frightening speed. speed. But I did finally <laughs> stop procrastinating and put together the Love Notes for Special Parents calendar for next year. So for any listeners right. who have downloaded that in the past and enjoyed it, um, you can now, if you are super efficient, download the whole next year and put them aside. Or you can, uh, like me, panic on January 1st and say, oh, my gosh, where is it? And I'll have, have a blog post up about it then for your assistance. But if you go to specialchildren.about.com, there is a blog post there about it now. You can link to it and check it out. How has uh, your week been going, Nicole? Well, I think as we were talking about earlier uh, before the show, <laughs> not well is the not answer. well um, <laughs> in terms of sleep. At least my oh, dear. my daughter, I just don't know what to do about her. As I was saying earlier, she just has some serious insomnia issues going on, and I don't know if any of our listeners out there have experienced that with their children. But boy, um, you know, I don't know if it's a result of her ADD or <clears throat> just you know, like oops, sorry, life in general. But uh, she's having a really hard time falling asleep these days, and I feel like we're back in those early baby days where we're <laughs> up all night and pacing <laughs> the floor, and oh, how no. am I going to get her to sleep? And uh, anyway, I uh, I'm here and um, I'm awake right now, and <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to today's show. Going to peer- periodically bang loud things in the background, just keeping Nicole awake. <laughs> Get the soft pans out on <laughs> the list, <laughs> but no, I I, I will uh, I will definitely be um, alert and uh, and with us to this morning because I am really looking forward to this morning's de- guest. Oh my goodness, I can't even speak. You might have to help me out here, Terry. <laughs> uh, we have uh, expert Carolyn Coyle here with us this morning. And she's going to talk to us about a term um, and a teaching strategy called differentiated learning. And it's funny because it's something that I did for many, many years in my inclusive classroom, but it didn't really quite have a label like it does today. We just knew that it was a strategy that we had to use to reach all the different learners in our inclusive class. And and these days it's definitely, um, it's, you know, more, it's a term you hear uh, more frequently, and 
it's a concept and a strategy that works for many kids in your class. So we have, um, like I said, Carolyn here with us. Good morning, Carolyn. How good are you? Good morning. How are both of you? Well, good. we're good. Good to be we're there. Good. I hear you're, you're kind of tired. <laughs> <laughs> we got the coffee here, and, and the conversation will be um, definitely interesting, and I'm looking forward to it. So why don't we get started, and maybe we can get going by having you tell us a little bit about your background, Carolyn, and the work that you do right now or have sure. and have done. I, I'm a parent, and I'm a former teacher, and for the past 20 years, I've been a consultant and author, educational consultant and author, and um, I do workshops for teachers and parents pretty much all over the world, so um, that's what I do now, and then, you know, in kind of my, quote, downtime, I write books, so uh, mm-hmm. I think I've written about 15 books, and a lot of them are on the topic that we're going to be talking about today, uh, differentiation, and some of my other books are on uh, underachievement and how we can encourage kids to be achievers and, and that kind of thing. So that's that's pretty much my background. Busy lady, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> funny. Well, this this week, except for this morning, I'm, um, I'm doing a, a video for an online course through a group called Knowledge Delivery System. So I've, I've been uh, on camera all week, and now I'm like, oh, good. It's, all I have to do is talk, and they don't even need to see me. So exactly. <laughs> this morning's a little bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much pressure. <laughs> Not as much pressure, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Well, let's get going here and let's let's talk about this term differentiated learning. I'm sure some of our listeners have heard it whether they're teachers or parents, um something that's right. uh, a term that teachers and and in schools used to describe learning. Can you explain to us what it is and, and what's yes, going on? Yes, and um, it, it's interesting. When I saw this first question, I was thinking, well, you know, I could teach a whole course on this. So um, mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. try to be brief and yet at the same time make sure that people listening in know what it means. It's actually um, a term that we use for a number of of strategies. It's not a strategy. And I think that's that's a really important starting point for, for mm-hmm. your listeners to know that um, when people say differentiation, they may mean a whole host of, of different things. I yeah. guess basically it describes any strategy or set of strategies that acknowledge that kids sitting in the classroom don't all have the same needs, that we have um, a lot of differences, and, and I kind of, in my head, I, I kind of classify the differences, so I'll, I'll go through those with you a little bit, and then I'll talk a little mm-hmm. bit about um, uh, maybe some strategies. But first of all, um, I think the easiest one to get our heads around is kids learn in different ways. We sometimes call this learning styles. We sometimes call it learning modalities. We sometimes call it multiple intelligence. Um, and, and this really comes out actually out of uh, special ed theory from years ago where, you know, if a kid was not very auditory, if they had auditory processing problems, well, if you could present it visually or if you could present it, you know, mm-hmm. kinesthetically or whatever, um, mm-hmm. then they could learn it that way. And, and that was kind of the beginning of of differentiation. And that, yeah. you know, by the way, that still works. And um, if you have a special needs child, that's one of the first things teachers should be doing is is finding out the, what are their strengths, where, yeah. how do they learn best. So that's that's the beginning of differentiation, but that's not 
all that it is. So, mm-hmm. so here's kind of my my second thing is that um, differentiation also means acknowledging something about the pace of learning. In other words, some kids learn very quickly. There's some research out there that there are certainly some kids that learn in one to two repetitions, and there are other kids that learn in seven to eight repetitions, and there are other yeah. kids that learn in, you know, 13 to 15 repetitions. And, and that's um, – so the pace of learning is different for different kids. And I think from a teacher's perspective um, – and, and I, it's, I'm a parent and I'm an educator, so I can kind yeah. of go both ways on this. Yeah. From, from a teacher's perspective, they're under so much pressure these days to cover so much content for the standardized testing that mm-hmm. even though most teachers absolutely know that some kids have it really quickly and some kids, if they only had the time, they they could get it, but you have to move on because you've got a pacing guide or, you know, whatever it right. is and you have to cover all this stuff. So the pace, I think, differentiation absolutely acknowledges that the pace is different. And I guess part of the strategy there would be how do we carve out extra time for the kids that need it? How, you mm-hmm. know, how do we do that? And so that combined with, um, you know, different ways of learning, uh, you start to get into what you can do in an inclusive classroom. Okay, mm-hmm. so that's, that's the second thing. And now here's, here's the third. Um, taking a, a real strong look at this over a number of years, I, I mentioned I do work all over the world, so mm-hmm. I have some background in international education. And it's very interesting, um, ethnic differences, cultural differences, right. um, even the attitudes that peer groups have or um, that your neighborhood might have towards mm-hmm. school and studying and, and that kind of thing. Uh, teachers have to differentiate for that, too. There, you might have a, um, a parent who would say to you as a teacher, you know what, you need to give the kids at least an hour of homework a night. That's really important. I just don't think you're doing your job if you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. And then you may have the next parent who says, you know what, you know, we have soccer, we have choir, we have activities, we're going to 8 o'clock at night. Please do not give my kids any homework. <laughs> and then you have then you have a special needs child who may only have five problems, and that may take two hours. And yeah. then you have another kid who can whip through those five problems sitting in the back of the car going to the next event. So I think just a lot of those cultural differences and linguistic yeah. differences. Um, so so all of those things, linguistic partly in uh, is English the language that's spoken in the home or is it another language because that makes a difference um is the language used in the home a language that has a lot of rich vocabulary so that kids are hearing words that um you know they might need to know for school or mm-hmm. in the home do they never hear and you know those kind of words um this is my my latest one which is very interesting on on this aspect um particularly with teenagers uh, we yeah. have teenagers who have developed a whole new language, and it's the language yeah. they use in texting and Facebook and, mm-hmm. and all those things. And, you know, you don't use punctuation and you don't use capital letters. Yeah, I can well, attest to that's, that. That's, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's great. I mean, and really for social media, that's fine. But teachers are having to say to kids, you know what, there's one language that you use for that, but there's another more yes. acceptable language that you have to learn in the classroom. So that's differentiation, too. It's having kids differentiate 
what kind of communication am I doing right now? Is it formal written communication, or am I just hanging out with my friend, you know, friends and using yeah. this kind of shorthand? Mm-hmm. So, so that's part of differentiation. So, um, anyway, uh, so I have these numbered, so we're on, we're now on number four. Um, number four, probably, if you would ask a teacher who's familiar with this term, probably this would be the connotation that teacher would have. Probably it's like. I teach the certain grade level, whatever the grade level is. So I teach second grade or I teach kindergarten or I teach eighth grade or, or whatever. And the goal in my school is to have everybody on grade level. But actually in my classroom, I have kids that are two, three, four grade levels below, and I may have some other kids that are two, three, four grade levels above. And how do I deal with that? So kids come to us. At different levels, it can be different levels of readiness. It can be different levels of ability. It can be, you know, there are a lot of of um, little terminologies that we can put with that word level. But I don't even think that's as important as just saying all kids are not on grade level. Some are above, mm-hmm. some are below. And part of differentiation, instead of saying I'm going to teach on grade level and I hope the kids get it, uh, mm-hmm. part of differentiation is saying. Where's the student's starting point? And mm-hmm. then how can that student progress from wherever that starting point is? Um, yeah. There's a there's a theory out there, and, and um, some of your listeners can certainly Google this. I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to pronounce the, the name correctly. But the person is Vygotsky, and uh, he's developed um, a theory that's usually called the zone of proximal development. Mm-hmm. In education, we have a lot of those kind of weird phrases. Um, yeah. I usually call it the ZPD, you know, for the initials. Yeah. But, but what he says, and I think this is incredibly important, you have to start the student at where they are and then just take them a little bit further from that. So mm-hmm. the ZPD would be not where they are, but just a little bit above where they are. So if you have a student in fourth grade who really understands second grade work, their ZPD would be the beginning of third grade work. On the other hand, if you have a kid in fourth grade and their beginning point is sixth grade, then you've got to take them beyond that. It's it's sort of like in uh, swimming where, uh, you know, you say, well, one of your goals is to beat your personal best. And and to me, that's what we do or we should do with, with levels. Where's the student's starting point and can we measure or can we see progress from that starting point? Now, that sounds deceptively easy because that is one of the most difficult things teachers have to do, and particularly when they're under pressure to get all kids, including special needs kids, to grade level. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and and, uh, so what a lot of teachers do because of that pressure is that they say, well, if this is fourth grade, we're all going to start with fourth grade. And if I'm a special needs kid and really my ZPD starts at second grade, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just going to you know, I'm just going to turn off, and it's not yeah. because I'm a bad kid. It's because mm-hmm. this is impossible. Uh, but the um, example I like to use is let's suppose I'm planning a trip to Paris next summer, which I'm not. I wish I were, but anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, it's like I would like to learn some French. I, I know no French at all. I know mm-hmm. bonjour. That's, that's the total mm-hmm. of my French. And so I sign up for this French class, and I'm really motivated, and I'm really excited but the class I end up in is French too. 
Well, right. it doesn't matter how motivated I am, I, I'm gonna, I'm not going to be able to learn it. So eventually, I'm just going to shut down, or maybe I'll become a behavior problem, or maybe if I'm ADHD already, I'm going to start running around the class, you know, or, or whatever yeah. it is, because my yeah. level is not the right level. So yeah. that teacher would have to differentiate for me. And I think we have classrooms all over the country mm-hmm. that are kind of like that. And, and then conversely, suppose I'm pretty fluent in French and, and I'm excited because I'm going to Paris and I'm thinking I'd really like to improve my language a bit. So I'm in French too and I already know everything in French too. I should have been mm-hmm. in French three. So it, it works both ways. Um, you know, we we sometimes say, well, if you have a high ability or a gifted kid or if you have a learning disabled or a special needs child, um, you have to approach it in different ways. In differentiation, the strategies and the approach are the same. It's just what you do with that approach depends on the student that you have. So mm-hmm. um, so exactly. that whole level thing is, is yeah. just huge. Okay, yeah. so that's number four. <laughs> and obviously we could talk about every one of these for, you know, a whole program's worth. Well, and like but, you mentioned, I mean, this is a whole course. The, I mean, the information is. that you're giving us is just amazing. I mean, it, it's well, and, very and, thorough you know, and very accurate. Parents really need to understand this yeah. just so that you're able to know what, what you need to ask for Mm-hmm. But also so that you have language that you can use when you're talking to the teacher. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. those, those are just very, very important things. Okay, Huge. so number number five in terms of what when I think sort of generically about differentiation. Differentiation often means that kids sitting in the same classroom have different assignments. And um, in terms of my workshops, that's where I really help teachers because teachers, you can imagine, Teachers think, well, I've got, you know, 23 kids or 25 kids or these days 29, 30, 34, you know, how can I possibly do that? So you have to have some um, graphic organizers or some planning formats or whatever so you can see how do I plan so that kids sitting in my classroom don't all have to be on page 54 question number one at the same time. So so that's part of differentiation, too, is being able to um, to see how that can work in, you know, in your classroom and how can you plan those different assignments. And those different assignments can be done based on level, can be done based on what I talked about earlier, you know, the um, modality that the student is best at. It can be done based on interest area. I mean, there, there are lots of different ways to set that up. But certainly in a differentiated classroom, at least some of the time, you would have kids working on different work. And from a parent perspective, it's really important to understand that because most parents, including me, when I was in school and I was in a teacher's class and, you know, the kid next door was in that same teacher's class, we always had the same work. I mean, that's how mm-hmm. school was done. And so it's a real shift even in thinking that, well, maybe we wouldn't have the same work. Maybe we would be in the same classroom, but we'd have different work. And, you know, and so how how do you do that? So that that's five. And that, number six is my, is my most difficult one, uh, and it's also the one that um, – teachers anyway are the most concerned about um and parents probably in a lot of ways as well are very concerned about this um but this is if we do differentiated instruction and that would be our day-to-day things that we're doing in the classroom our strategies are differentiated and we do differentiated curriculum and what that means to me is 
in a unit of work, at least some of the activities would be differentiated. Then kind of the third leg of that stool is, well, then we need to differentiate our assessments. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the sticking point for many teachers and probably many parents because we're in such an age of standardized assessments and standardized yeah. testing. And so, do that. yeah, how, that and that teachers are very, I think for most teachers, everything I've said, you know, up to the differentiated assessment, they would say, well, yes, that's good teaching. Well, yes, I try to do that. Or, well, yes, I'd like to do that. Can you show me how? But we are in such an era of everybody is judged based on the standardized assessments. And so then you go right back to that zone of proximal development. And if I'm a student and my level is second grade, I'm in a fourth grade class, and I'm working really well and I'm motivated and I'm learning. And to me that's the key, I'm learning. And then they sit me down and they give me the fourth grade standardized test you know, it's gonna it's gonna be a real downer for me. So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, our testing, our standardized testing, isn't differentiated. And um, I think one of the other issues that we're going to talk about at some point, it may have to be a different podcast, is <laughs> is you know how how do we assess differentiated learning and, and are there different kinds of assessments that we might take a look at, um, you, you know, for this particular issue? Because I mean, that's incredibly important and. Um, you know, with parents, it's looking at the report cards and the IETs, and with teachers, it's it's looking at uh, oh, the standardized test results, and um, you know, are we our school we, in education? We're really big with alphabets, but a, another alphabet is um, AYP, and that means um, you know, are we making progress, appropriate or uh, yeah, yearly yeah. progress? And mm-hmm. um, you know, schools are judged when they don't make that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there, there are all those things in the mix that, in a way, uh, to me, get in the way of good teaching, and and yeah. that's and that's too bad, and it's too bad for the kids. So, yeah. um, you know, that that's why I'm such a proponent for differentiation and and the assessment piece. There are ways to deal with that, but that's that's usually the sticking point. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree with you. I wish yeah. I always wished as a parent that there was a possibility. I didn't mind the standardized tests because I really wanted there to be some way to measure progress that was sure. not just somebody around a table telling me, oh, she's soaring, she's flying. I would have like a year where my daughter would get all A's on a report card and then we would sit down at the IEP table and they would say, well, she really didn't meet any of her goals. So I really, once yeah. the standardized testing came in, it was bad in some ways, but it also meant that the special ed track got somewhere near <laughs> something yeah. recognizable. Well, I think, I, and I think that is that is very true. You know, the, would you like me to go ahead and, and talk about the assessment piece in the time well, that we have left? Because I, I don't I can think I think that would that. be a good thing to do uh, for another show. Uh, okay. I think that's too much to talk about in the amount of time we've got left. It, it, it um, probably is, but, but, what but I, it, it is a I'd topic like, that's really important. So what I'd like to do is because it always seems to be my job to swing things around back to the parents because that's Nicole's got sure. the teaching background, I got the parenting background. How can parents work with teachers to make sure that classrooms are differentiated to meet the needs of their children? Uh, yeah. It's often hard for parents to monitor that. It's hard for our kids to report what they're doing, um, and you know you can't always be in the classroom. Uh, sure. How how do how do and and oftentimes. 
even if the parent understands what differentiated learning is. I mean, I've been able to find books and read up on it, and now right. I feel like I know more than the educators a lot of the time. Yeah, and you know, you pro- honestly, you probably do. Yeah. Most teachers have some uh, background in differentiation. In other words, they probably know um, that there is such a thing out there. You, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think very few teachers really know how to do it. So I think as a parent, the first really important thing is that you get the language of differentiation. In other words, um, that you know what it means, you know, the, the things that I've, I've just mentioned. But then beyond that to say, you know, I know there are a number of possible strategies that you can use to differentiate mm-hmm. your, your curriculum. Let's talk about which ones you're, you think you could use with my child or, you know, some some version of that so that you get from the, oh, yes, we know we should differentiate to, um, <laughs> you know, what are the actual differentiation strategies that, that we can use. And um, there are – I have a um, a website, which is just my name, www.carolyncoyle.com. And you, uh, okay, I, I do second. have – For our, our guests, why don't you – can you just yeah. spell that out? Uh, sure. Uh, spell out your name. Yeah, dot C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-C-O-I-L.com. Okay. And I have a blog. It's, you know, at the top of the home page, you have all these little links, and um, one of them says blog. And uh, I have lots and lots of articles there. And um, you could just kind of click on some of them and... Um, you would get over time a number of differentiation strategies. I'm looking through my blog, and it's about, uh, I started it in, it looks like here, 2007. So I'm thinking for 2013, maybe my first blog post will be um, uh, differentiation of, um, you know, set of terminology for parents yes. or something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, but, yeah, but, um, but in there, in a lot of the, the um, articles that are on there, you would get, Strategies. I mean, I'm just looking down, and it's like, oh, there's a strategy, there's a strategy, there's a strategy. So um, <laughs> certainly your listeners could take a look through that and, um, you know, kind of just read those. They're all pretty short. They won't take a lot of time. But then you've got that language to say, you know, um, are, are you doing any student choice activities? Are you doing a tic-tac-toe? Are you doing tiered lessons and units? Are you, you know, so you have some of the specific strategies that you could you know, um, just talk to the, the teachers about. The the other thing, um, not not to promote my books, but I, I will promote this one. If you want to do a more in-depth on uh, just really knowing what differentiation is, I have a book called um, Successful Teaching in the Differentiated Classroom. And literally in that book is every differentiation strategy I know. So parents, wow. if, if you want to have the full thing beyond the blog, um, it's published by Pieces of Learning, and that would be www.piecesoflearning, all one word, dot com. And, um, and that particular company, that's my publisher, and they have, they have just tons of stuff on, on differentiation. So I think I for, can put your book up on my site too, Carolyn. For, for oh, that would, well, that would well. be great. Yeah. Um, and it really, for parents, I mean, parents are busy as our teachers. So, you know, you might want to start with just little bits and pieces, um, you know, from a blog. Or, or if you're really interested in delving into it in depth, um, you know, then you could go further with the book. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, either either way on that. But, but when, your 
monitoring schools, I think, and I don't mean it in a negative way. I am such a proponent of, of all that teachers do, and they work really hard. But if you're, you know, if you're monitoring your child's classroom or if you're monitoring, um, you know, anything like that, of course, my little thing would ring here in the middle. I don't know how to turn it off. Oh well, we'll just have to let it go. Um, anyway, if you're if you're monitoring your your child's classroom in any way, if you get to specifics, it's always better than just saying, "Are you differentiating?" Or even the question, "Do you have some differentiation strategies that you're using on a regular basis in the classroom?" I mean, that's another really good question that kind of leaves it open for the teacher to respond. And then I think the follow-up question to that could be, how's that working with my child? Yeah. You know, because that gets it from the generic of differentiation to the more specific of what are you doing, and then the further specific, which is what parents want, how is this working with my child? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, it's non-confrontational as well. And it's not confrontational. No, it's mm-hmm. it's not. Con- and, you know, as I'm sure you know, Everything works better for oh, the child. That's a good place for us to start yep. on, stop on. Yep. Uh, there goes our school bell. That yep. means we need to wrap things up. And uh, certainly, as you've said, we could talk about this for, for ages because it's such an interesting and such an important topic. Yep. Well, so I would love we to can come back with it would work into your, to your schedule. That would be great. Wonderful. Okay, well, thank, thank you. you so much for being here today. Uh, and I would like to thank our listeners for tuning to our program this morning. Please join us next week when we have guest Julie Savalos from the National Down Syndrome Society on the show to talk about including students with Down Syndrome in the classroom. Uh, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter, where Nicole tweets under the name inclusive underscore class, and I am at Mamatude, M-A-M-A-T-U-D-E. You can also find archives to our past shows on my blog at www.mamatude.blogspot.com. And also our show is now available on Stitcher and iTunes as a podcast for free download. So goodbye to everybody and have a great week. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Bye, everyone. <laughs>